Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. How you guys doing? Welcome to the Bronx Queen Bros Podcast, better known as the BQB. My name is Big V. We got Big D. We got Jack B. How you doing, Dave? Dude, if you're going to have that amount of energy, I'm doing so good. You know, again, how can you not be excited? We had a great episode last week. People loved the, you know, got some great feedback. V, a lot of people loved your segment, so I'm even repping it here. We got V time. Oh, look at look that. Look at that. We're look at that. Looking. Jack, looking how you fantastic. feeling today? You ready? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm ready to talk. Some news around the league and some injury bug that caught the Yankees and Mets, unfortunately. And we got some great World Baseball Classic going on right now. I can't wait to talk about that. And then we'll get into our segments. Now, before we do all that fun stuff. I have to remind everybody about the best kept secret in New Jersey. This episode is sponsored by Engineering and Design Concepts, a small company doing big things. They specialize in product development, manufacturing, and test equipment. If you or anyone you know need assistance in that field, they are the company you need to contact. The link to their website will be in the description below. Let's get started, boys. Hey, fellas, why don't you uh, recap me what's going on around the league? We got some headlines to talk about. Yes, we do. I'll get us started off with the first one. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks extended Corbin Carroll to an eight-year, $111 million contract, which includes a ninth-year uh, uh, team option. That is a... This is what I call the classic Braves deal. This is what the Braves have been known to do the past few years. Did it with Albies, did it with Acuna, uh, they did it with Riley, they did it with even even I know they didn't do it with Olsen, but even Olsen got a pretty friendly contract. Um, they lock up a young player quickly while they just kind of step their foot in the big leagues, and they're trying to get them at a discounted price as their agent, so they don't have to pay the arbitration contracts or plus they steal a few years of free agency. They got Corbin Carroll now until thirty or thirty one years old. And he's gonna. He looks like a pr- pretty good ball player. Yeah, that's some good points, V. I think uh, you hit the nail right on the head. It's um, it's uh, a classic Braves move here. We got you know a super young player that's they're gonna give a long term deal to, and you know if he turns out to be all star caliber, you look like a genius. If you know, and I don't think this will happen, but if somehow this contract doesn't work out, then you seem like an idiot. But I think. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Corbin Carroll becoming a good player because, I mean, he, you could argue that he already is a good player just the way he's looked so far in his young career. And I, I don't know if there's a faster man in baseball than Corbin oh. Carroll. He's practically the flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other news. We have some Trevor Bauer news, which is the first – um, thing we've heard from him in quite a while. He signed a one-year, $4 million deal with incentives with the Yokohama Bay Stars of Japan. So how are we feeling about that? Well, listen, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, controversy around that uh, gentleman right there in Trevor Bauer. Um, he, you know, you know, put all that stuff aside. You look at him as a baseball player. He's a pretty guard done, pretty guard. God darn good pitcher. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does out there in Japan. Um, listen, what he did is just not a good thing. And uh, that's why allegedly. no. Allegedly. Allegedly, what he is accused of, obviously. Uh, clearly, they dropped the case for whatever reason. I don't really know what happened. Obviously, the Dodgers didn't want him to be uh, playing in their uniform. And clearly, no Major League Baseball team wants him. So obviously he still wants to play, and I guess go go away from the uh, at least the American uh, spotlight and uh, see if maybe he could uh, if he turns heads in Japan he can make a name out there for himself still get paid very well four million oh poor guy only making four million this upcoming year what can I say about that Yeah, it's super interesting because I know Cohen was asked when he did a press conference I think last week about if he'd consider bringing in Trevor Bauer with you know, some of the injuries that we'll get into and he shut it down right away. He said, absolutely not. And then Cashman was also asked a similar question and he had a similar sentiment and just said, you know, we're good with the guys that we have on our ball team. So 
you know, it seems like his time has kind of passed in the MLB. It's a bit of a PR nightmare to, I guess, perception-wise to bring him in. So, understandable. So, um, that's really it on that. And then we have another one, Kiebert Ruiz of the Nationals. He got um, an eight-year deal with two club options. So, super team-friendly deal for only $50 million. Um, which can run higher with some incentives, but they're, they weren't really outlined that much in the DLV. How are we feeling on this? I mean, this is what the, uh, the Nationals should have done with Harper when he had first came up. They should have done this with Soto. They're, they're stealing uh, years of free agency, which is the key. You know, Caber is a young guy, and, let's, and he looks like a very promising catcher. Uh, he's got a good arm behind the play. I've seen him catch a couple games against the Mets. Uh, his bat definitely needs a little more work, but it looks it looks really solid even off the bat now. I think he has a good chance to be one of the better players on the Nationals this year. I mean, that's not saying much because they got no good players. But, um, hey, listen, they got control of this guy for the next 10 years. And imagine if they had control for Soto for 10 years instead of only six. That's my point. Is that If they had done this with some of their other young stars, uh, they'll probably be in better position. So it's a good thing they did it with him, and clearly he wants to stay there. You know, I'm not saying maybe they didn't try. Obviously, I know they tried to extend both those players, but it clearly didn't work out. But uh, this is something I'm intrigued to see if it's going to happen more in baseball, what they just did with Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks and now Cable Ruiz with the Nationals. I wonder if more teams are going to try this out uh, with a couple of their young, like like the big rookies in the game that are coming up. Um, I'm curious to see if, like, the Orioles try to do something with Adley Rutschman or – Gunnar Henderson or, you know, like the young good players are going to get these bigger guaranteed money up front instead of banking on themselves to go through arbitration and hitting free agency a little sooner. Yeah, that's it's a super interesting point to get into and not to take the spotlight off of Kieber because that's great for him that he got this contract, but in more of a, a macro uh, zooming out in the bigger picture of baseball. I think, you know, it's this yin and yang versus taking the money when you're a young player, right? Especially a lot of these guys coming from, you know, just not coming from that much money. That could be said by a lot of professional athletes, but, you know, you're not coming from much money. So a team flashes $50 million in front of your eyes. How are you going to turn that down? But on the other side, you never are more valuable, especially if you're a good player, to when you're a free agent, right? That's what we saw with Aaron Judge. He, the Yankees waited until his contract was completely up, and what happened? They ended up having to bite the bullet and pay him a lot of money. So, yeah, super interesting, you know, two sides of the coin, right? You can bet on yourself and end up making a lot of money, or you kind of take the safe money up front. Either way, if you're a good player, you're going to get paid um, handsomely in the MLB. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Yeah, so that's some of the big headlines uh, that have come up. Interesting to see some of these young guys getting paid. Um, fellas, how much are we loving the World Baseball Classic right now? I mean, dude, the World Baseball Classic, it really is one of my favorite things, and we touched on it a little bit last week. But just, you know, one of the best events in sports is basically the World Cup of Baseball. And it's to me, it's can't-miss TV. It doesn't really matter who's playing just watching meaningful baseball for the first time since the last World Series is enough, would have been enough for me to watch. But yeah, V, how have you been liking these games so far? Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. I mean, uh, I was up late last night watching uh, USA versus Mexico. I mean, yeah, it's me like too. it's like one thirty in the morning. I'm up trying, you know, I know at that point, America was getting a little schwacked on there, you know. But I mean, that's besides the point. All I know, though, it's entertaining to watch. I mean, listen, listen, I'm rooting for USA hardcore. I really want them to win this thing. But watching what Joey Manessis did was great. It was awesome. And uh, for Mexico, I mean, just seeing the passion with just with any player. It's like every at-bat's a big at-bat for them because they're taking pride in doing this. It's not, you know, it's not just a spring training, just trying to see the ball through the zone type thing, which is great for a lot of these players. They need to do that, too. But, I mean, this is meaningful games already. And uh, it's uh, super exciting to see it. And I just, I like watching all these games. I love watching all these games. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you caught the Venezuela versus Dominican Republic game on Saturday, but that was just the atmosphere in Miami. The crowd was absolutely electric. 
you know, they're, they're standing the whole game. The fans are just, they're up, they're cheering. It's like a big party. And that's really what it was for the majority of Mexico fans last night. And it really was. Uh, DeRosa said it during uh, his on-field interview that, you know, we're the visitors tonight. This, Yeah, we're in the United States, but it's a majority of Mexico fans. And oh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get more into it as we go on. But, yeah, it was super interesting. Um, if you guys don't know, the U.S. took a tough loss last night, 11-5 to Mexico after beating Great Britain, who, you know, everyone thought we'd really crush. We were, I think we were eight and a half run favorites, which is kind of crazy to even think about. <laughs> it's insane. Wow. But we ended up only winning six to two. So, how, V, how are we feeling about Team USA? Like, uh, how are we feeling about this? I mean, listen, I, I, I love it. I mean, I love the lineup. This is lineup is freaking crazy. I'm not even looking at it. It's, it's Mike Trout, it's Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. I mean, Tim Anderson. Uh, you got, who else am I missing? Uh, Will Smith's the catcher. Yep. Schwarber or Trey Alonzo's Turner. your DH. Trey Turner, Jeff McNeil. I mean, Cedric dude, Mullins. like this is insane. But, but, B, you know what you didn't mention? The pitching. Any pitching. And the pitching is is really not it. And it's hard to blame the players, right? Because the the players for, you know, every year they have their preseason regimen, right? They probably get ramped up. They're on a specific schedule. And they probably, to be fair, don't want to be playing in high leverage games, high leverage situations this early, right? They're worried about injury. They're worried about, you know, just messing up their whole rhythm, right? You're, you're basically playing super meaningful base, baseball when you would normally be playing spring training, the least meaningful baseball that there is, right? So yeah. it's tough to see. You know, it's understandable why guys really would not want to participate. Plus, you know, some of our best pitchers are notoriously hurt, like Jacob DeGrom, obviously, B knows far too well about the injury history of certain guys, and obviously, so do I. We'll talk about uh, Carlos Renan in, uh, in a little bit, but yeah, I think, and I, I don't think we're going to win this tournament, and I really hope we do, but I don't think we are, just because our, our pitching really isn't at the standard that it needs to be, you know, but, you know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, nothing about. It. Yeah, they should have called me up. V, where would you play on uh, Team USA? Where Where would you uh, Where would you play? Where would you bat? Where would you pitch? What would you do? I would uh, I would have my own set of trumpets be coming out. I think I'd be having the drum sets coming through as I'm freaking closing these games oh. out. Lights out with the slowest, efficient fifty-five mile per hour pitch these motherfuckers have ever seen. They just ain't gonna. They ain't hitting nothing. V, we got to retire the trumpets, bro. We got to retire the trumpets. <laughs> After you played the trumpets in the seventh inning for Edwin and, oh, man, against the Padres. Jack, gotta Jack, retire. you know what that comment deserves? <laughs> the trumpets are fucking electric. Get the hell out of here. Uh, I can't wait to see us have one episode without burning up these trumpets because I feel like we're never going to stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> so with, you know, with the whole World Baseball Classic, obviously we've talked about it, um, and we talk about how players don't play oftentimes to avoid injuries and stuff. That kind of transitions to our next point. Let's get back to focusing on the Yankees and the Mets specifically. Got a lot of injuries going around, fellas. Got a lot of injuries. Um, you guys kind of want to dive into your teams and how you think these injuries are going to affect them? Uh, let's start with the Yankees. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, so we got some injuries with the Yanks, and it's it's tough, man. It's it's almost every year with the Yanks, and it's really the Mets, too. They they have injuries every year, but it's just it just sucks that it's so early in the season, and it's like, Everyone's hopeful. It's a new year, clean slate, and same old shit. You know, it's just the same old shit. So Frankie Montas, he's getting shoulder surgery. He's going to probably miss most of the season. They're hoping to maybe get him back late July and maybe for the playoff push late during the season. They're hoping to have him back. And then he actually admitted in an interview that he was not healthy when the Yankees traded for him, which is just, like, bizarre that – somehow that didn't come up on the physical that the Yankees gave him. So 
who who knows what was going on and the guy that we gave up for him ken um do you remember his name ken waldenchuck or something something along along that line yeah he's like turned out to be a he's been great for for oakland he's like one of their best pitchers so you know if if montas is healthy he could be he could be all right but uh yeah no not that's just great um nestor obviously is supposed to pitch in the world baseball classic who would probably be close to the best pitcher on the team and he suffered a hamstring injury so he had to back out from that he has yet to pitch a spring training and then we hear that the newly acquired carlos rodon is suffering from forearm tightness and a form strain and he's going to be out till the middle of april which is just a horrendous sign because rodon's a guy that's basically been healthy for two or three years of his career. That's about it. Every other year he's been injured. He was injured a lot earlier in his career, which is why, you know, he really wasn't that big of a name until he had that couple good years in Chicago and then had a follow-up good year with the Giants last year. So, just not ideal, man. Just just not ideal. Then we got uh, Harrison Bader, who was like a godsend last year in the playoffs. It's one of the only guys that hit for us and playing a gold glove center field. And thank God Aaron Judge didn't have to play center field, who's like not a bad center fielder. It's not like criticism of Judge, just like, you know, maybe our best player that's six foot seven and is historically injured shouldn't be playing center. Like, it's just an idea. But. <laughs> so Bader has a an oblique, so hopefully that's just, uh, I don't know, it's been a light oblique strain, so who knows, maybe they say maybe he'll be ready for opening day, maybe not, probably not, so, and then good old Lou Trevino, the righty out of the pen who gets shelled all the time, he's hurt too, so, I mean, what are you gonna do, you know, it's just, it's just classic Yankees and hopefully uh, we can get through this, that's, that's all I got, V, what about, what about the Mets? Well, before I jump into the Mets, um, I gotta say, uh, or I gotta question. I should say, I got a question: Is uh, are you worried about Rodon's forearm? Like, are we talking Tommy John potentially? No, or I don't think no? so. No. All right, that's a good thing. It's good. It, I don't know what. Who who really knows with the Yankees because they really do a bad job as far as transparency with these injuries, but. From all I've read, it doesn't seem like it's that severe. It seems like they're being super cautious, which they historically are with certain players. And Yankees often play the long game. They want guys healthy for the end of the season, which doesn't end up happening half the time. But, yeah, so I'm not too worried. I am worried because of his injury history, but I'm not worried as far as, you know, he's not going to pitch this whole season. I'm not too worried about that. Like, I think it's more of a weeks than months, you know? That's what I would think. Okay. Okay. Now, so you mentioned the Mets. Um, The big name that uh, is going to be injured for a hot minute here is Jose Quintana, which is insane. This guy, for like the last nine years of his career, besides the short 2020 season, has thrown 29 or more starts. Thirty. He's a 30-start guy, year in, year out. You put on a Mets uniform, what do you, What happens to you? Yeah, you get injured. What can I say? You know? But besides that, it really does suck. He has a stress fracture in his right, the fifth ribbon on his right side or something like that. Um, I'm hearing reports something along the lines of he can't throw for three months. There's other reports saying that he's going to be able to throw in six weeks. I don't like that there's a lot of mixed opinions on when he's throwing or when he's going to start throwing. All I know is this guy can't throw for a hot minute. That means he's not even ramped up. He's got it's going to be a while. I, I don't think we'll see him till the all like close to the All Star break. Maybe at, like you know right around there. Um, that's the big one that does push probably uh, David Peterson into the fifth starter uh, spot in the rotation. And Peterson had a really good year last year, has looked pretty good so far in spring. Um, he did have a comebacker back at his foot, uh, and they were worried, but it looks like it was just like a bruise, so he should be good to go. Um, but Tyler McGill, he's also another guy. He started for the Mets uh, opening day 2022. He's going to be battling also for that fifth spot. I think they're going to give it to Peterson, though. Um, 
and it looks like the Mets' rotational rotation depth is already thinning. Because I mean, Senga uh, got scratched for a start, but it's uh, it was a right index finger discomfort, which uh, they're relating it to the fact that he's adjusting to the new balls here in the United States because they're bigger than the ones in Japan. And um, so I'm not too worried there. Uh, Brooks Raley is off Team USA uh, for a uh, hamstring pull, uh, a strain, not a pull, a strain. And uh, he should be fine. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, I think he'll. I think he should be fine for opening day. Um, I, just a big one for the Mets is Quintana right now. Hopefully, it stays uh, no more than this, and uh, we'll go from there. I mean, uh, it's it's tough to say. I think for Quintana, like I said already, I think Peterson has the job. But I mean, McGill today, I think through four scoreless innings against the Marlins, he looked good. If one more injury happens, which with how old the rotation is, it can happen right away. As McGill's right back in this rotation too, and yeah. uh, hopefully that's not the case. But you know, it's a that's why we got like seven starters on the Mets. <laughs> well, I, I once heard a quote that a good team has seven to eight good starting pitchers because you just need that depth for how long and grueling a baseball season is. Yeah. Um, so I guess you know the our our teams here will be tested and. You know, the better teams will prevail. Um, it's always tough, fellas, getting into the, produ- the you know our production meeting and being like, we should have a segment on the injury bug. Like, no one <laughs> wants to talk about it, but there's just so much news around it, so we have to. And hopefully it's it's not something we have to keep on discussing throughout the season because we want everyone to stay healthy. But, um, you know, we will keep everyone up to date with what we hear on injuries. Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's go uh, – you know, in our production meeting, I get excited to talk about this stuff, right? So we're going to jump into our segments. We're going to fire up the hot stove. Big V, kick us off. <laughs> we're firing it up today, boys. <clears throat> Welcome to Vitan's Hot Stove. If you don't already know, if you make the hot stove, it's because you are on fire. You are pitching your ass off. You are smoking the ball. Or do I dare say, I got a hot take for you. So today for the hot stove. Ladies and gentlemen, the dark night has risen for Team Italy. Matt Harvey in the World Baseball Classic is dominant again with an 89-mile-per-hour fastball. He is killing it, ladies and gentlemen. He is 1-0 for Team Italy with a 1.29 ERA in seven innings. He has three strikeouts. He's actually looking really good. It's actually really nice to see. Listen, I was I loved Harvey when he was on top of the world. I know attitude problems and all. As later on went on, and he had other problems. But man, seeing Matt Harvey do good actually it pleased a fourteen year old guy. You know, rooting for Matt Harvey back in the day, and uh, that was pretty cool to see. You know, Matt Harvey never thought he'd make the hot stove, but holy crap, he made the second ever edition of Eton's Hot Stove. Matt Harvey has made the hot stove. And uh, also, who had made the hot stove? I had mentioned him earlier. Joey Manessis, playing for Team Mexico. He's on the Washington Nationals right now. He is 5 for 10 with two home runs and five RBIs. Last night, this guy turned on two fastballs inside. I think they were. I'm sorry. First one was fastball, second one was a slider, I believe. He looked good. He carried, He put Team Mexico right on his back and said, I'm taking you home. We're winning this game. Kicked USA's ass last night. It was pretty entertaining to watch them freak out the way they did. They were pumped up to beat USA. Obviously, USA was their favorite to win that game, too. And uh, that was pretty cool to see. That was pretty cool to see. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care that Mexico kicked USA's ass last night. I don't care about anything. I don't care that USA didn't kick Great Britain's ass as much as they should have. Team USA, ladies and gentlemen. Team USA, ladies and gentlemen, dare I say it a third time, Team USA, ladies and gentlemen, they will win the World Baseball Classic yet again. You heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen, on the Vitan Tatsu. Right here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, V, um, where do I start here? So we got we got no Yankees on the hot stove. That could be problem number one. <laughs> um, but that's all right. Um Got to give it to Joey Manessis, though. What a great story. He was a guy that kind of 
was bouncing around all levels of the minor leagues and then finally got a shot with the Nationals. Um, it was the last year or the year before? And Last year. Yeah, last year. And, you know, he, he was had a solid year for them, but you just saw how proud he was last night playing for his home country and coming through and beating their big rival, the U.S. And, yeah, dude, they, they really kicked our ass, if we're being honest. And, yeah, dude, I, I'm not so sure about USA winning the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if you watched any of these other games, but Venezuela looks like the real deal. Dominican Republic could be any team. That's how good they are roster-wise, but I know they haven't shown it. And, you know, Puerto Rico, they're all right, but they're dangerous. And Japan, dude, Japan is just another really, really good team. So, and that's not even talking about Mexico, who, you know, smoked us. So, well, you know, I I can't, I can't argue that, but I'm telling you, you got to believe, you got to believe in United States of America, my friend. They are winning. They're winning. Tell it. Tell it. (laughs) Solid. I love it. The hot stove is definitely hot today, as always. Um, let's bring the temperature a little bit down and let's jack off. Jack, what do you got for us? Yeah, dude, I, got, I got some interesting things. So, you know what's really um, pissing me off lately? And just, just watching the World Baseball Classic, especially the game last night. So, it's a couple things. So, I'm, I'm reading the lineup. And I see Pete Alonso's playing, and I'm like, great. It's a lefty. Patrick Sandoval's on the mound. Makes sense. Schwarber's sitting. Righty uh, Vance Worley pitched for Great Britain. So they're platooning the DH. Makes sense. Then I look. Who is playing second base still is Jeff McNeil, right? And Jeff McNeil, I mean, Lord have mercy. He might have cost the U.S. the game single-handedly last night. He made two... Two plays, which he really should have made. Don't bring that over here. That's I'm bringing bullshit. it over here. <laughs> no, I'm bringing it over here. Um, the first one, I don't know what the hell happened, where the ball, he just, like, missed the ball. The second one was a tough play. Yes. He ran to get the ball, and then I don't think he realized how much time he had. And then completely rushed the throw. He was airborne. And then, you know, Goldschmidt probably should have scooped it. But just like, I don't know. I feel like you got to, like, control your body a little bit. And both Mets are, I mean, Pete Alonso last. <laughs> he looked like he, he's never swung a baseball bat before. And th- that's been my problem with Pete Alonso over, you know, his. Seriously? That Um, so far in his short career is that he'll go through these stretches where he looks like he's never swung a baseball bat before, which is fine because he brings the power. So it's understandable. But last night, 0 for 4, 2 Ks against the lefty. That's supposed to be his, you know, what he's supposed to do. And he's taking these humongous swings when it's like, dude, just put the ball in play, hit a double in the gap. Like you're so strong. You don't even need to swing that hard. Let's just, and, and my complaints about Pete is because I know how good of a hitter is and I know how strong he is. It's like, you could tell when he's over swinging, and it's it's out of respect to me. It's out of respect, but yeah, yeah. but my real the jack off of the day, right? It's not these players on the Mets. It's not. It's Mark DeRosa because I think he. <laughs> I think he and I really like Mark DeRosa. I think he does a good job uh, for MLB Network, and I thought it was awesome that he got this head coaching gig, and the team he's picked is great, and I love how he picked Andy Pettis, pitching coach, and Ken Griffey as a hitting coach, and. Pretty much every decision he's made. But a couple things in this game. One I just mentioned, I thought they should have started Trey Trey Turner at second base. If you're not going to play Trey Turner against a lefty, which Trey Turner mashes lefties against, um, they want to take him out of the lineup, get Tim Anderson in at short. Makes sense. Okay, now put Turner in at second so you don't have the lefty-lefty with McNeil, right? That didn't make much sense to me. Um. And then keeping Brady Singer in so long, I know he's a starter, but it just looked like he need like you could just tell sometimes watching the game, this guy needs to come out. Like he just didn't have it. Then he kept Daniel Bard in. Bard was getting shelled. It, it was a tough watch. It was kind of embarrassing. And it really pissed me off. So um, Mark DeRosa, you're the jack off of the day. 
<laughs> I know I, that was a bit of a long-winded answer, and I had to throw the Mets digs in there, but <clears throat> one jack off for today. I guess I could I could throw a Yankee in there, if we're being fair, because <clears throat> Jonathan Loisega oh. was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Dave, did you say Aaron Hicks? Something in my throat. <laughs> I mean... If you want me to talk about Aaron Hicks again, I can. But we always want you to talk about Aaron Hicks. <laughs> we know how Jonathan much Loisga is a guy that the Yankees need to be good. And if he's not good, he got absolutely roped um, pitching for Nicaragua, and he, he just got absolutely just teed off on. You can't he can't be that guy. And I know the regular season hasn't started, so it's like I can't be too mad. Or, it's words of encouragement, Jonathan. You're not on the list for this week, but. It's a bit of a warning for him. Aaron Hicks, like, he should be cut. Uh, I mean, <laughs> last week we said how good of a player, like, he was doing better. But uh, if anyone watched him try to feel the fly ball and just, like, look up in the stands like, oh, where to go? And the ball lands five feet to his left in fair territory. I mean, there's nothing left to be said. Uh, three letters, D-F-A. Bye-bye, Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Now before uh, before we move on, I gotta make a couple of comments. <laughs> now listen here, buddy. Listen, the only argument I can say to starting Jeff McNeil over Turner is the fact that McNeil. Just think is... about what you just said. Did Did you let me finish my sentence? I'm sorry. I said the only argument. There's only one argument, and you didn't even let me say it. Gosh, goddamn Yankee fans. So, the only argument you could say is that McNeil is literally last year's MLB batting champ. This guy puts the ball in play. He didn't look great up there last night. He got a hit in like the last inning. He just poked it down the third baseline. Where was that the whole game? I don't know. Now, I can't defend the first, you know, let's call it a fuck up. I can't defend that one at all. The second one... He had to run from, you know, the other side of second. Yeah, that was a tough play. That was a tough play. No, I said it. I said it was a tough play. That was a tough play. Now, listen, it should have been made at that point. As as you got to that ball and you're throwing it on the run like that, should have been done. But it was a great attempt. But, yeah, he didn't look good. I don't think he was worthy to make the jack-off segment, but I guess there's no No, one. No, he's not on the list. It's Mark DeRosa on the list. Mark DeRosa is one jack-off per day, Mark DeRosa. He made a bunch of goofs. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't feeling it. And it's not McNeil's fault. It, it's not. Obviously, the defensive plays are his fault. But I just thought lefty, like Sandwich lefty, a lefty. Matchup. I know that's I a know. brutal matchup for McNeil, especially a guy that throws you know like three quarters. No, not for McNeil, bro. No, I feel like that's perfect for Trey Turner. He mashes lefties, and so does Tim Anderson. So why not play both of them? Turner played second. When he was on the Dodgers with Seager, like I don't, yeah. it seemed like uh, it made too much sense, and they decided not to do it. I, I, I agree. And Alonzo, funny enough, I don't know if you like, you know, I don't know if you watch how many Mets games you do watch. Alonzo doesn't mash lefties. This is my concept that hurt me for this. Is a, I guess you could blame DeRosa for this. Now I know they they have Alonzo there definitely to hit the lefties. It's probably a platoon between him and Schwarber at DH, and that's fine. But like. Alonso doesn't crush them like he should. I'm not saying he shouldn't. He should definitely crush lefties. But his reverse splits completely does. He does. Last year the Mets couldn't hit, hit any lefties. Last year was it was it his rookie year? He he's one of one year he was just so much better against lefties. I thought. I think it was his rookie year, and then the last two years he just he was like his numbers against lefties have just really started okay. trickling down. And last year was just very not great against lefties. Like he still hits his home runs, but like numbers overall wise, he's he's really reverse splitting as you said. Okay, which is interesting. Right, look at that. You're informing me. You're filling me in. I try. I try. I try my best here. I gotta defend my boy. I gotta defend him. It makes sense. You know, Jack. He watches okay. the Mets, so you don't have to. He's doing you a favor. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right, hey, fellas, two great segments, as always. I'm going to bring it to some big Ds, big odds. We got some over-under lines at you. Again, since the season hasn't started, 
we're going to do season long activities and we're going to review them at the end of the year. We're going to see who the ultimate winner is. Um, we're going to, I got five of them. One's a bonus. We're going to do some pitchers and some hitters. All right. So we're going to start with some pitchers. All we're going right. to set some ERA lines over under. All right. Mr. Garrett Cole, ERA over under 3.5. Jack, as the Yankee fan, I will let you chime Dave, in. Dave, that's a tremendous question you got there for us. Um, <laughs> Garrett Cole had an uncharacteristically high ERA last year. He's a guy that's usually ERA down around the three, maybe below three. You could tell that he has not been the same since the um, sticky substance has been banned, and that's me being completely honest. So he still gets his strikeouts, which is very important. He always has one of the best whips. One of the best FIPS, if you're a fan of the advanced analytics. I'm going to go under for Garrett Cole. Under, I'm thinking maybe, uh, you said 3-5, Dave? Yep. I'm thinking maybe a 3-3, three, three, uh, a 3-2. Really anything under 3-5, I'd be ecstatic for Garrett. I mean, he's a, he's a horse, so he's always going to throw more innings and so uh, yeah, anything anything below three five, I'd be ecstatic for Cole. What about you, B? It's a good, it is a great line. It's a good question. It's a good guy to talk about. I think the the Yankees need Cole to start thirty two games again, and uh, he's got to do that. Just that that has to be done for them to win. And uh, I'm honestly a firm believer that Cole Cole's numbers last year, especially his ERA, was a little um, misleading. I thought he was a little bit better pitcher than that number was there. So I'm going to actually drill the under. You know, I know I'm a Mets fan. I'm a baseball guy, and it's a, it's a smart move. I think Cole's a great pitcher. I think, uh, I think he's going to – I think he actually will get under a three this year. I think Cole's going to have a really good year this year. Mm, I love the sound of that. Yeah, you know, V, you're a Mets fan, but you're also a betting man, all right, and you know when to make the right bet. Yeah, I really posed that line because I agree with you, V. I think that – that ERA didn't really feel representative of the season he had. So I was kind of, you know, throwing that out there to see what you guys thought, if it was going to look more like that this year again, or if it was going to be brought down. So interesting points. Let's throw it to a Mets pitcher. pitcher. We're going to go with Scherzer. Going to set an ERA, ERA line at 235. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I got to take the over, man. Listen, I love Max. I love him to death, and he had a lower ERA. I think he had a lower ERA last year, and he has the potential to do that again. But that's a really good freaking season if he beat if he takes. Like I can't take the under on this. I just can't. Like you said, Dave, already, I'm a Mets fan, but I'm a betting man, and I just can't bet. I can't even bet on like Verlander to do that type of line. I I don't think I can bet on anybody like. That's a tough line to hit the under on. So I'm going to hit the over on that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to go over as well. Like V said, it's a tough, yeah, tough tough, to get uh, below a 2-3. So I don't know. For those reasons, I think I'm going to have to go over. But one thing I guess I'd be worried about is uh, maybe uh, injury-ridden season for Scherzer where he has a spectacular April or something and then I don't know. I don't, would never want to wish injuries on someone, but God forbid gets injured and then has a sparkling ERA, and then maybe we look like fools. But I'm going to have to go. As, as, if he's healthy for the playoffs, I'm, I'll be thrilled. Yeah, you know what? Um, I was setting these lines, and I'm like, I'm going to test Big V because he's going to bet over on a Mets ERA and under on a Yankees <laughs> ERA. So we're really testing, are you a Mets fan or are you a betting man? And uh, I think you proved yourself. Um, all right, let's do some hitters. Actually, two people that were mentioned in the jack-off today. So this is exciting. We're going to start We're gonna start Mets. We're going to start Mets. The batting title, Mr. Jeff McNeil. Going to set his average at 305, over, under. Ooh. V can go I first. Guess it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Wow, that, that's a great line. 
Because you know what's funny? Is there is no more 300 hitters in baseball. What? Was there 10 batters who batted over 300 last year? But I'm taking the over for the Flying Squirrel because he is one of the few guys in the game who just have true bat-to-ball skills. No shift. This guy will have more holes to find to hit through. I think this guy, I'm not going to say he beats his average last year, yada, 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 but he'll bat over three, what did you say, 305? 305. He'll bat over 305. All right. Um, I'm going to have to take the under here. Um, just not, not a big Jeff McNeil believer, believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, I think what V said is true, though. He is one of the rare hitters then that can put the bat on the ball very well. And I think if he stays healthy, he'll hover right around this number. But I'm thinking he has maybe a, I don't know, maybe like a 285, a, a 290 average. Not like, not saying he's going to be significantly lower, but I'm thinking a little bit lower. And, you know, maybe we see some power from Jeff McNeil this year because the Mets are going to need a, another hitter to step up and be another power hitter. So that would be nice to see. And maybe he sacrifices some of those average points for some home runs and RBIs. So I'm going to go under. But, but go ahead. What? Before, no, no, I'm sorry. Before we go on to the next one, I just want to say is uh, I actually hope McNeil does not tap into any power because he tried to tap into some power in 2021 and he had a horrible season. So, I don't think he's just made. I don't think he's made for home runs. He can get a hold of one here and there. Um, if he played in Yankee Stadium, maybe he'd get a hold of twenty. But you know, he's not there. So um, he had twenty three in twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's the juice balls. That's the juice balls. Every stadium was Yankee Stadium at that point. Come on now. So, I mean. I Do think, you think the Mets will have to bring their fences in again? I mean, they just moved them in eight feet in right center, so. <laughs> Um, I listen and would I like McNeil to hit like eight more home runs on the year? So then he would have like, he'd be around like the 15 home run a year mark. Yeah. But if it means sacrificing what he does now, I think what he does for the team is too valuable. I know the Mets need more power. And I do agree with you there that Alonzo can't be that really only source, but I don't think that should be coming from McNeil. My, I just disagree with you on that one. Yeah, it's fair. I just think, um, you know, I know McNeil has got contracts until 2026, but one thing that does get you paid is the long ball. We do know that. So, yeah, that's all I got. Interesting point. All right, for this next, uh, this next one, I want to pose this, and when you think about it, I think we should not think about injuries as a factor. I think we should set a rule of thumb as the three of us that if it's not representative of, I don't know about a minimum we do, but if it's not representative of a full season, we can disregard it in the end. Um, but, Jack, I'm going to let you start because I think you like talking about this guy. Um, Aaron Hicks, his average, uh, I'm going to set an over-under line at 220. Best line you've given today, by the way. <laughs> You're trying to bait me so hard. I'm trying to bait you. Are you a Yankees um, fan or are you a betting man? Well, first of all, I am a Yankees fan, but I'm not a Aaron Hicks fan. So let's get those things just completely straight. Um, I do root for him, but it's like, dude, it's like insanity. It's like seeing the same thing over and over. Like I, at a certain point, it's like I know what I'm expecting. It's just this guy is not it. I know last episode we said how he's hitting well and like he looks like he's doing decently and I don't think he's got a hit since last episode. So. <laughs> um, that is that. And he also suddenly cannot field fly balls. So that's a major part of playing left field is just like catching the pop-ups. You know, you would think hitting the cutoff man. So for those reasons, I'm going to go under for Aaron Hicks 220. I think... Now, I know what you just said about injuries, but I almost think that Hicks is going to end up either traded, caught. I don't think he ends the season with the Yankees. That's just my opinion. So we can figure that out 
you know, as far as the points and rankings for the the dreaded punishment, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go under here. Wow, the jackoff just made a hot take right there. What can I say? He had it all at once here, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, what you want to quickly agree on a um, you want to go by baseball standards for a minimum of like required at bats and starts. We we can, sure. and I would I would even pose it to you guys. We can we can keep it as as a Yankee. What is his average? So if he gets traded. We kind of disregard it. We don't have to follow Aaron Hicks any more than we want to, you know? Oh, I'll be following Aaron Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I'm a betting man, dude. Jack B, what was what was what was Aaron Hicks' batting average last year right there? Well, I don't even know. I believe I got it as two sixteen, according to baseball reference. Oh, I got it right. 216 last year. He had the line at 220. I'm taking the under. I don't think Mr. Aaron Hicks is uh, doing much for me. Fuck. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he can uh, win me a bet by hitting the over here. Uh, I hope the man, nothing but the best. I hope he hits 320 for all I care. But he ain't gonna. Because nobody in baseball is gonna. But that's besides the point. I'm taking the under, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You know, I know we actually agreed on a lot this episode, which is exciting that you guys, like, can be friends. Um, but I also, like, I really tested you guys here, too. I, I, my my goal going into this, again, was are we going to bet against our teams a little bit? Are we willing to do that? Um, so I'm happy to see it. I do have one bonus one for you guys. It's something I think about a lot as we do these episodes. Over, under... Times Big V has smacked his mic and or desk. The line is six and a half during this recording to this point. <laughs> you counted? I'm gonna so go back. Right I'm gonna go back and review the tape. Oh, okay, okay. Over under six and a half. So any contact to the mic or the desk? Yes. Significant. A- enough for the mic to ping. Okay. <laughs> We might have had another one right there, so I'm going to go with the over on this one. I think this might be a lock, and <laughs> I would love to get a solid point on the board for myself yeah, for you, this uh, long-term punishment. So You know, it was great, too. I mean, we came into this episode, and he's like, guys, I thought the mic was a little too far away from me last time. I'm going to move closer to it. <laughs> yeah, so that's... That's all we needed. Now, now before I pick my before I pick the answer here, I'd like to let everybody know. Listen, I'm from New Jersey. I've lived in Jersey my whole life. I speak with hand motions. I'm very passionate about what I talk about. I love New York. I love the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. I love baseball. I get excited, so I smack a few things. Next thing, I'm smacking you guys across the head. But I'm taking the over. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I am, betting, man. <laughs> I am very curious to review these tapes, but I think it's a lock just like Aaron Hicks not hitting his bat and average line. So, uh, yeah. awesome. Hey, you guys agreed on four lines. That is a hey, round of applause for you guys. Uh, I'm really proud of you for that. Um, we got, we got some time left. Uh, so I have some questions for you guys and we'll take turns answering. Um, okay. now in this podcast in our first couple episodes we've talked a lot about the present and we've talked a lot about the future as we're getting ready for the season i want to go into the past i want to relive your guys childhood with you my first question who is your favorite yankee or met of all time and why let's hear what you guys have to say go ahead v you go first i'm I'm first i'm first yeah all right well um, my favorite Met of all time is going to be Captain America, David Wright. So, um, when I was like six or seven, this is prime David Wright right there. I mean, this guy should have won an MVP. I think it was that 2007. He should have won the MVP, my complete opinion, but that's besides the point. Um... I don't know. He was the first man I started to like kind of follow, stare at his stats and like 
there's a reason why I ended up playing third base in high school for uh, baseball was because I wanted to play like David Wright. First ever game I went to, David Wright hit a foul ball and I caught it. It just grew it. I love the guy. I wish he never got injured the way he did. This guy could probably still be playing in today's game. That's what hurts me the most about him. David Wright's my answer there. All right. Um, I'd love to answer this question and then give my favorite Met after, and then we can go back to V for his favorite Yankees. Ooh, I like it. I like his it. Okay. So All right. I'm going to give a super basic answer, and I know this is a lot of Yankee fans my age are gonna, would say this, but it, for me, it's Derek Jeter. Simply, he's a shortstop. I always wanted to be a shortstop when I was growing up, and I did play shortstop a lot growing up. His number two, you know, being from New Jersey, and he was even born in our town, right? Just like so much, so many parallels, and yeah, just what he represented as just such a good guy, and yeah, everything. The mantra, the captain, he was just the best. Super interesting, though. My favorite Met of all time will have to be Jose Reyes, dude. Jose Reyes is one of the most fun players. I just love to watch him play. And I him and Jeter like had the little rivalry back in the day. Yeah. Not really rivalry, but just like the mutual respect, you know. Reyes was so flashy and switch hitter. He won a couple batting champions and just like super athletic dude. And I remember when he signed with was it Toronto? He, he was there for a little while and then he was with um the Blue Jays, I believe, as well. He had a couple decent years, so Yeah. Yeah, Jose Reyes, he was my dude. I liked Jose Reyes. Super speedy, too. Yeah, it was cool Um, it was cool watching him come back to the Mets, too. Yeah. At the end of his career. Uh, I like that pick. That was a cool pick. I got a weird Yankee one. Sure. Only because I like... He's not known as a Yankee. He's known as Seattle Mariner. But okay. I really liked watching Ichiro. Dude, Ichiro's the best. Dude, each like so I watched so many highlights of Ichiro on the West Coast. And then he comes I know he played for Miami for a little bit, but he played with the Yankees for like two or three years. And I don't know why I always tuned in to watch Ichiro play. Like I loved watching the dude play. I know it's a weird pick, probably. He's not a big Yankee guy, but I don't know. If as far as anyone, I don't know why I think of a guy in a Yankee jersey that I like, it's Ichiro. So I like that. Before, I'm curious to see what Dave's answer to this question is, too. Can I fire right back to you, Dave? Oh, I guess you can. I can answer questions, too, and not just pose them to you guys. (laughs) Um, My favorite Yankee of all time is um, Aaron Hicks. All right, let's go to the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, I I feel bad. You know what? My answer is Derek Jeter. But I'm going to give a secondary answer because, again, Jack already gave that answer and explained all the reasons I would explain anyway. I was a big, big Andy Pettit fan. Um, You know, I'm a left-hander myself, so uh, he's kind of who you model your game after. had one of the smoothest pickoffs in the game. I mean, the guy was just solid. Um, Interestingly, too, you know, he went to the Astros for a minute. And when he was on the Astros – uh, I was on a travel team that was called the Astros and we were branded with all the Astros stuff. So I really felt like Andy Pettit. Um, so <laughs> it's a little side note, uh, I always loved watching guys, uh, bang on garbage cans, you, you, you know, <laughs> you know, wait, we, no, you don't need to be banging garbage cans. Just ask big B to be banging desks and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> we should have not, uh, played by the rules cause we were not good. Um, <laughs> My favorite Met, Jack, I wish you didn't steal off my, all my answers, but I remember talking to it with you, V, last episode, just how fun he was to watch, Jose Reyes, you know, the stolen bases. Yeah. He just, he did everything right. And, you know, it's just uh, another player that I feel like a lot of young kids modeled their game after. And I, I think that's what really makes like a generational player. Um, so th- those, th- that's my answer there. That's my most real. Uh, bonus answer kind of thought about this as I was um, describing Andy Pettit, but how can you not love Mariano Rivera? I mean, the guy didn't even need instruments to be the best pitcher, in the, you know. The no, he just needed Sandman. What is this, Spider-Man? Jeez. 
But that's so much cooler. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, man. All right, fellas. No one listen, well, listen, uh, listen, I don't know. I don't know what to say there. I don't know what to say there. Timmy Trump, but he's still waiting for those World Series tickets. It's coming. It's coming this year. It's coming this oh, year. He's been waiting. All right. All right. All right. How's the Yankees go. closer, by the way? How's the Yankees closer, huh? Gonna have to bring out that butt. Gonna have to bring out that butt. Go ahead, Josh. As you were saying, Dave. No, that I'm not. That's right. Not That's gonna... right. That's right. Say it. We're not gonna do this. <laughs> Guys, we got time for one more question. V, you answered this a little bit already, so I'm gonna start with Jack. Jack, tell me about the first Yankee game you ever went to. Oh, all right. First Yankee game I went to was actually at the old Yankee Stadium. Yes. So I think it was. I think it was the last season, maybe 2007 or eight. I think it was actually 2008, and um, they played the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time. Matsui hit a two-run home run. They won two nothing. Shingming Wong pitched for the Yanks. He threw an absolute gem, like three hitter. Remember him? Yeah. Jabba Chamberlain also came in to pitch, and he Jabba. He threw 101 miles per hour, which was crazy because at the time, you know, not that many guys in 2007 eight were throwing 100 so everyone was all fired up about that it was also freezing cold i think it was early in the season it was freezing cold i was like seven or eight i was super young and yeah it was awesome i loved it all right um so that's oh wait one more thing one more thing sorry jorge posada hit an absolute nuke and i don't know who on the Devil Rays, robbed them of a home run. Completely robbed them. Really? I don't know. Maybe it was Ben Zobris at the time. Somebody playing uh, right field for the Rays. Right center field. He robbed them. I forget who it was. Was it Rocco Baldelli? Wasn't he? Uh... It might have been Rocco. Yeah, he was right back in the day. Yeah. Wow. Pulling up the Rays. Rocco with the Robbo. All right, V, tell me about uh, your first game. So, um, actually, I was uh, I was a late bloomer to go to my first Major League Baseball game. It was 2011. It was the Mets versus the Miami Marlins. Chris Capuano throwing an absolute gem against the Marlins. I remember David Wright had hit a... Holy crap, no! Jason Bay hit two home runs in the game! I just remember, it just clicked as I'm thinking of the memory. Jason Bay, yes. Jason Bun Bay. He went deep twice in the game. I think Mike Nikias, who I don't, any Mets, true Mets fans in those tough times know who Mike Nikias is. I think he went deep. Um, Mets won the game. I remember, as I said, David Wright hit a foul. I was down the third baseline. David Wright hit a foul ball. Literally, I'm in my uh, my tiny little league glove. It's plopped right in there. Caught it. I just hit the mic again. That doesn't count, though. It doesn't count. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I can't remember much, but I just remembered Jason Bay hitting the two home runs. That might be his only two home runs. For well, I, you might not be wrong, actually. <laughs> Was that at City Field V? That City. wasn't at Shea, right? City. City. Yeah, so you never made it to Shea. And sadly, never did, and it disappoints me every single day. I went. I went once. It, I don't know. I like City Field a lot more than I like City Well, you went for me then. I appreciate that. Fellas, real quick, uh, I'm not going to get into it much, but my first MLB game was actually at Fenway Park. I went to Boston. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> The Yankees weren't playing, so I saw the Boston play the Mariners. And just a little quick story, um, me and my brother, we got there in time to see the Mariners do bad in practice. We went down to, like, the very front and watched. And then uh, Richie Sexton came over, said hello, and gave us each a ball. So that was very cool. And then I wow. sat the rest of the game behind a pole because Fenway Park literally blows. So um, Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was my it's so overrated. Game. And then I was like, you know what, I got to get my ass to Yankee Stadium, so. Uh, I did make it to the old Yankee Stadium and the new. And uh, I think, you know what, the last time I was at Yankee Stadium, they played the Mariners. And I think the first time I was at the stadium, they also played the Mariners. So I don't know why. I've I've seen the Mariners more than any other team for whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason. So that's my story. But, hey, 
a quick aside to that, Dave. I went to Fenway once, and my seat was like this, and the game was over here. So it's, I was like, broken neck, neck after the I was game. Like, what yeah. the fuck is this, bro? I'm like, I'm never coming back here. It's ridiculous. All right, guys. Hey, great episode again. Um, love the segments. Thank you for recapping the league. Um, v, they can find us on Twitter, right? They can find us on Twitter at BQB Podcast. Jack, we're on Instagram and TikTok. Also on the IG and the talk at BQB Podcast. Heck yeah. And you guys can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music. We're on Amazon and Google now too, fellas. Like we're we're Ooh. really getting our name out there. So tell tell your friends, tell your grandma, you know, they'll love us. Um, but with that being said, I hope you two have a great night. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.